0: Welcome to the Good Rookies Podcast. My name is Fahim.
1: And my name is Nellie J. Y'all. And we are Good Rookies. What's going on, everybody? (laughs) Happy Good Tuesday. And guess what? It's episode 68.
0: 68.
1: 68. And eight, y'all. Like, we are so blessed. I feel Mm -hmm. like every episode of the 16th Fahim has been straight fire. Mm -hmm. And y'all, this episode will be no different. Fahim, please introduce who we got.
0: All right. So, it's about that time where we get into uh, letting people know about someone who's got something big coming up, some doing already doing big things. And when we get to the For the Culture segment, we can actually double down on it. Uh, Someone who has many different layers i guess like in regards to his sports he covers all types of sports all types of media um he's got it all so this is going to be a good one let's welcome kevin prior to the podcast today
1: this
2: is a pleasure thank you guys this, this is really fun to kind of sit with rock with you guys tonight i'm, I'm really excited about this
1: Nice. Well, nice. we're happy. Listen, first of all, we are so honored to have you in the podcast oh today
2: because mm-hmm.
1: you are like, th- like, guys, we'll get into more of what Kevin Pryor does, but this man is literally syndicated everywhere. And so we're just so happy he took the time to, to kick it with us for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So mm-hmm. before we get into the episode, though, I have to ask you a question because you're from yeah. New York, New York, uh-huh. <laughs> <That> was- <laughs> Alicia Keys, right? And, you know, New York is always considered the mecca of basketball, but what have y'all won a championship? I mean, the NBA or, or I don't know, <laughs> right? So my question is this, right? Mm-hmm. Should we still call New York the mecca of basketball? And if we should, why? Or well,
2: you know, New York got that that moniker because of the street ball. I mean, we go back. I mean, you go back to Rucker Park and all those, the street games and, you know, Earl the Goat Man and, Dr. J. So it, it has the cachet because for many years, D1 schools would pluck into New York and get players. There used to be a thing called uh, the Underground Railroad at Marquette that mm. uh, the late great Al Maguire, you know, pretty much brought in New York guys. And even the movie Glory Road um, with the the Texas Western, which became Texas El Paso, those guys came from New York. So that that's where a lot of that really comes from the backdrop. Now, from a professional level, somewhere along the line, we lost our way, Um, (laughs) you know, and and again, I'm a man of a certain age, and I have not witnessed a, a championship in New York, and I ain't 21. So, I mean, I think from a pro level, it's gotten a little bit off, and I even think even if you think about just the way the athletes are now being developed, the kids are going, the high school kids are going to prep school, they're playing a lot of AAU, so they're not necessarily staying, you know, in New York, like You know, um, the kid from uh, Orlando, he's from New York, um, and he had to go to pre-winter prep school. So, again, it's a very good question, Janelle. I mean, I I like to say it is because I I love New York. it's my town. But I think, you know, there's kind of other places are starting to really, you know, catch up to New York when it comes to generating talent, um, you know, that leads into college and into the NBA.
1: Well, that, that's really interesting because I, I still think New York does have a lot of talent. And maybe because basketball is a, is a huge uh, sport in the city of New York and the population, I totally get it. I right. mean, who would you say is the last big New Yorker basketball player that the NBA has or is in professional right now? Like, who would you call right now uh, the top New York basketball player? whether it's college or um, NBA.
2: That's playing right now?
1: Yeah, playing right now. Wow. So, so I'll give you one. I know Carmelo Anthony was born in New York, so he's someone you can name. Right, um, but Melo
2: really got groomed in Baltimore. Even I know he was born yeah. in New York. I, 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 you know, no, not the Melo salute. <laughs> but, you know, he, he's, a, he's, he's, he, he's, a city. he's a child of the, of, uh, the Queen City. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think of, like, the last great NBA superstar that was really groomed in New York, you got to go back a little bit. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call Ron Artest a great superstar, but he was somebody who had a presence. Um, obviously, Kemba Walker, who's now been relegated yep. to the out of the rotation. Um, Stefan Marbury had a nice little run at one point. Um, it, it's been a while. I mean, again, it, it used to be a situation where in New York, you would get that great talent. I mean, if you know <laughs> – could we claim Michael Jordan born in Brooklyn? We probably can't either. But it's 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 kind of like you know basketball is a global sport. You guys are in Canada. There's a lot of Canadians in the NBA. Um, that that game is flourishing in your country. It's it's just that you know it's it's not can't relegate to New York anymore. Europe and you yeah, know, it's it's a global game. And you know once you get more opportunities for more players, you know you're gonna you know reach out to different areas and you know it's uh there used to be a thing called a new york point guard we think about like the the kenny smiths and the the skips you know Ray Austins. it was a new york point guard that situation now you know that that style and swag that those guys develop can now be seen anywhere so it's really just mm-hmm. about athletic talent and you know the nba with technology they're going out and getting guys from all over the globe not just you know the, the states and you know canada
1: yeah
0: One thing that could be uh, said about uh, New York in regards to its placement, uh, that's not changing, though. I mean, um, you know, they caught the Mecca uh, for the reason. Like, uh, I think of the only thing is so with with New York, it's always been the Knicks. And now coming from Jersey, now Brooklyn's fighting. So you have a nice little rivalry there. Um, I was actually more shocked that uh, KD and... Uh, Kyrie chose Brooklyn over going to the Knicks, the option right. that was actually there on the table, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like a, you, you made a very good point um, that New York point guard, when you're mentioning names, I think of like Kenny Anderson back in yeah. the day, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like um, you're right, that New York point guard, you know, everything's the internet kind of opened everything, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. what used to be kind of special to New York is now, as you mentioned perfectly, it is global. Um, But with placement, New York, I still think is going to be at the top of the food chain, just because of the fact that um, like you mentioned, Rucker Park, the, the history, it's very hard. Lineage, yeah. Yeah, it's, that it's, lineage. It's, it's hard to move it. So, But
2: you know what? The older you get away from it, like you, when you talk about KD, right? And, and I know he had an interview when he first went to Brooklyn. He said, well, you know, my generation doesn't look at the Knicks the same way because if you're a certain age, you, you really haven't seen great Nick basketball. I mean, like I said, it's, right. you got to go a long way back. you got to go with John Starks and Anthony Mason and Oakley days um, to kind of get that type of, you know, um, top of the food chain, you know fighting for championships so but i do believe that here in new york um when you think about the nets no not to Nets fans whoever they're out there but this (laughs) is a new york it's a nick town um it's similar to the giants and the only sports team that's ever come close to competing is probably the mets to the yankees um Mm. so again you know while you got the nets with two of the top five players in the league you know uh kd james harden when it comes to New York, they get no love on the back page. They get no love on all this media out here. They really don't, and that's not a knock to the Nets. The Nets started in Long Island years ago with Dr. J, and went to Jersey, and so the Nets have kind of been that—that uh, that, you know that Siberia team. And it's almost like you can play in New York and get all the glamours of New York, but not have the scope. And that's what you know you're seeing with KD, and um, you know obviously Ky- Kyrie's not there, and and, and James Harden. They're playing in the biggest city in the world. They can do things off the court. James can hit all the strip clubs he wants. But um, they, they kind of play in obscurity. And that's kind of crazy to think about the team right now that's probably the favorites in the East to win the championship, have the best record in the East, and they don't get any love in the city. And they really won't get much until, like, if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, last year, KD had a little – a size smaller shoe, hits that three-pointer, knocks out the Bucks. And that's when you would start seeing the spikes and all the all the the entertainment hit to the Barclays, but it's really a Nick Town. And again, like I said, the Nets, you know, they do a great job, but they have to try to find something to kind of bring in that New York um, viewership because it's lacking right now.
0: I can totally agree because I think that's in the events, say Brooklyn wins. Uh, the championship. I have a feeling their parade is going to be much smaller than if the Knicks won the championship. You know, what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> Knicks won the championship, man. People just like, you know, what? Take me now, Lord. I've seen it all. The the, the Nets, you know, um, Janelle. I know you have some Brooklyn ties. The Nets will probably do something right on, like, uh, you know, right by Junior's Cheesecake. I, I mean, they really don't. Again, people can say what they want. I'm sure they got a little fan base now because they got some star power, but. It, it, it's a tough existence. And again, I used to do, I used to sell advertising for the Nets in my previous advertising life. And the Barclays is mm-hmm. a are fantastic arena. They do a great job. If, if you have good enough seats, you can get prime rib and shrimp and everything you want. Ooh. But <laughs> it, again, like I said, they have a problem selling out that place. And they got two of the top five players in the league. That says a lot about the New York fan base when it comes to basketball in the city. True.
1: Well, you know what? I will say this, right. I will say this about New York. Even though the Knicks haven't won a fly in a while, right? They're still the most valued team in 2021 at yeah. five billion. Mm-hmm. Right after them is the Warriors, the Lakers, and what's interesting for me um, below that at fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, we got the Bulls at fourth, the Celtics at the fifth spot, the mm-hmm. Clippers. The Clippers get the most hate. They're at the number six most valuable team. Mm-hmm. And at seven is the Brooklyn Nets. So, two... So, in the top ten, we got two New York teams, and we got a couple... Uh, well, quite a few LA teams. So, just sorry, it's like California teams, but... I feel like California is trying to battle for that Mecca spot. So let's see what happens in the next couple of years, but you know, it's going to be interesting to see because you know, Brooklyn is down in New York, but Cali they got Clippers, Lakers, and the Warriors. So
2: see what the the, the, the common denominator you mentioned in Janelle, is all those all those teams are in big markets. The reason why you hear the Clippers cuz they got Steve Ballmer money. I mean, Steve mm-hmm. Ballmer <laughs> again right. prince's own money probably yeah. and they're building that <laughs> brand new arena so yep. again just when you add all all of the, the dollars and what they can do the lakers it's crazy to sound lakers are a mom and pop operation as much as that might sound laughable to some folks they're family-owned business that's not really the case we think about um pro sports in this country at this point especially with you know country new york u.s and canada it's corporations or you know or ownership groups but yeah. the Lakers are owned by a family-owned business. So um, it's a little bit of a situation where, like, they necessarily can't do the same things that Steve Ballmer can. You they know, they own L.A. It's their city. I mean, yeah. unequivocally Lakers. I don't <laughs> know. So um, the clip was suggested afterthought. But the money that Ballmer can bring in the assets is the reason why that's probably a higher level than the Lakers, which is kind of, you know, kind of weird. And everybody else, again, you take the Knicks – New York City. It's yeah. not because we won much. Um, and then you mentioned. I think you said uh, number two was.
1: Yeah. Golden so State. yeah. So two was the Warriors, and right. then fourth was Silicon, the Bulls, and, and Boston Valley. was. And Boston was fifth. Yeah.
2: Right. Silicon Valley was with you no. Know, and and to me, one of the best, the best run organizations in the NBA. I think second to your Raptors. I think uh, mm-hmm. Golden State's right there, and Toronto's a close second. Just like properly run. I guess you would say the Spurs would be three they're kind of taking a little tap because it's just, you know, their time has passed. Mm -hmm. But all those other markets are big markets. And that's why, you know, the NBA is a better league when the big markets are winning because it brings more eyeballs, it brings more advertising dollars, and it brings more conversation because in the rooms that we met, people despise the Knicks. So I guess it's a good (laughs) thing when you have some chance to talk about them when they're winning some basketball games.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, they're the most valued so they can hit all they want. Numbers don't lie. <laughs> Numbers don't lie. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> all right, y'all. So let's go into to a hot topic. Fahim, let's go.
0: All right. So Kevin, uh, you're right up your wheelhouse. Uh, mm-hmm. Your love is football. And yes, I guess later, definitely. We'll be able to get into that a little bit later. Um, we're about, I don't know, four or five weeks into mm-hmm. playoff season, but start for the NFL. Yeah. Um, me, myself, I used to be very heavily falling into the, uh, the NFL. Um, after what happened with the owner's situation with Cap, yeah. I kind of fell back a bit. And oh, now yeah. I just kind of demoted myself to just a casual NFL football fan where I, I check highlights. I yeah. just kind of have a pulse for what's going on, but I'm not really in, which is going to make it good because you are knee-deep in and Janelle is knee-deep in. So since you guys are both in um, – want so what have you like throw some questions out and just get a feel for some predictions, what you got uh, right. for this season so far.
2: Well, first and foremost, Raheem, I want to, I want to commend you for that because when, when those things hit, um, it made me think And somebody who used to play football and, mm-hmm. and been in some rooms and, and have had some conversations with folks. It, it, again, I, I wasn't surprised, but yet, you know, it's a situation where uh, what's more important. I mean, I think with all sports, we've seen it with the NBA with Donald Sterling and with other owners, you know, things have come out. Might you know the John Grudens. Um, we just have to realize, and what I try to do is like it's a sport. Um, and what do you what does those athletes do when they have that revenue, that 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 light, that financial um responsibility? Do they bring it back almost like a Robin Hood thing? So I try to put my own spin. With the NFL um because I know a lot of guys are doing some great things and it's, it's changed it's probably one of the uh, sp- sports in the NFL particularly is one of the, the uh greatest resources for African-American or uh, just African people um mm-hmm. when it's turning generational wealth so again from that standpoint it's a little bit easier to chew but we know what the deal is I mean if you work in a corporate environment you probably don't everybody's probably not going to love you for who you are. And that's just sad, but getting back to the field, I think it's been a really interesting season. Um, When you think about, let's start with new England. I'm a jet fan, which is, I don't even know, believe I said that out loud, (laughs) but um, again, I see the Patriots and what they've done and, um, uh, you know, no love there, but what they've done with a rookie quarterback and uh, cutting cam in the preseason and really, you know, Belichick showing why he's the greatest in the game. Um, the Ravens, a team that um I, I picked to go to Super Bowl. I think, you know, Lamar Jackson's exceptional. He had a rough game the other night through a bunch of interceptions. Um, but nevertheless, I think they're still the class of the AFC. Um, And then, you know, the team that I think a lot of folks are not ready to put dirt on. They, they were close with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a team with Pat Mahomes. They've had their struggles. Um, You know, and I think the AFC West and the rest of the AFC really had a chance to jump on them and, and kind of, put them in the rear view, they've kind of, you know, recaptured the swagger and got the seven and four. And right now, are ahead of the AFC West. And probably the surprise of the league um, for me when the AFC is the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, what the, the LSU connection of Burrow and, and Chase is doing um. Really, taking that program talking about the Jets being bad. This has been a horrible program for years. The Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals don't even have an indoor practice facility. That's how bad they are. Um. <laughs> but they've they've right the course, and they could be a very scary team. And not ready to compete for a championship, but they can be very scary and can win a game. Um. In the in the playoffs.
1: That that's interesting for the AFC because everything you said, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like the most competitive division, though, is the AFC West, like you mentioned, because yeah. even though the Chiefs are up by one win, uh, it's now grind time, right? I don't think yeah. they can afford to lose any more games. And if they do, hopefully the Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos, because right now they're all tied at six-five. All fields team, yeah. so
2: and I think what you said, those teams, Chanel. I mean, I just don't have any faith in the Chargers. The Chargers are this team every year, they say, Well, you know what? They got all this talent, Justin Herbert, and they got this, and they got that, and they still just never turn up. The Raiders <laughs> must be something in the water in Las Vegas because <laughs> all these guys are just wilding out. And I, you know, I was just out there for NBA Summer League in August, and I don't think it's 110 degrees anymore, but it just seems the Raiders are a car, car wreck right now, and Denver, you know. It's Denver a, is a, it's a, it's a weird team because they kind of gave up on a couple of players, traded Von Miller. Um, you know, they're playing with, uh, you know, uh, Bridgewater and, and the Maj Potter quarterbacks, and, and they're, they're hanging in there, you know. But I, I just can't see any of those teams. You don't need a game out. I really can't see those teams competing with Kansas City. I think the Chiefs, while they're not the high power Chiefs they once were, still have too much right now and will probably still win that division. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But I, I just don't – I don't trust those other three teams to make any type of noise, even being a game, away- game out.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting because the remaining schedule for the Chiefs, they got the Broncos on deck. They mm-hmm. got the Raiders. Then they're at the Chargers, the Steelers, at the Bengals, and Broncos again. That's what I was saying. So if they don't win, if, if the Broncos somehow, because the Broncos, I'm a Broncos fan, and we've been getting a lot of lucky wins. Like, this is the most... Ra- I'm like, oh, we won. Like, like they beat the Cowboys. At <laughs> like the <alert>. team season. <laughs> Yo, they beat the Cowboys. And I was like, oh, we got that win? Okay. Uh-huh. Like, like, the Broncos just find these ways to win and beat good teams. That's why I feel like against the Broncos... This I, I want to see how they pan up because the Broncos are that team that can sneak and disrupt everyone's plans, <laughs> like everyone's yeah. plans. But yeah, like I, 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 I agree that the Chargers is suspect. Raiders, you know, they have a lot of stress coming out. But I think the Raiders' uh, remaining schedule isn't isn't as much as as the um as the Chiefs. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they can close it out. They had a week off, so yeah. Yep. Um, h- how about your thoughts on the NFC? The NFC division.
2: The NFC is, the you know, when, yeah. when, I, when I break these, you know, the two, the, the two divisions down or the two conferences down, mm-hmm. the NFC is a much more interesting conference. Obviously, you have Arizona at the top. Again, another team that has great talent. People love Colin Murray. But, he, again, that's a program that I have to see get it done. I understand they're good, they, but they have a quarterback who, to me, is a little light in the tail. You know, he's, you know, he's transcending. Um, I'm not sold on them. Green Bay, right now, is probably the class of the NFC. Even though you got COVID Toe Rogers out there talking about <laughs> his foot, but they're also a situation because they haven't closed in the playoffs as well. So you got yep. to keep the you know, and they've lost playoff games at home a la last year to Tom Brady. Tampa's sitting there as well. You can never say nothing enough about those guys. I mean, again, you know, in the playoffs. We, we, would you take Tom Brady? Would you take anybody over Tom Brady? Probably not. But the two <laughs> teams I want to highlight that I believe are very dangerous, one is the San Francisco 49ers. They are getting the act together. Debo Samuel is an absolute beast. Um, goapalo Gu- is playing great football, and they got a superstar mind in their, co- in their coach, Kyle Shanahan. They could be a dangerous team. And the Washington football team as well. Now, Washington, you know, you're not going to be thrilled by their quarterback. We get that. Um, They control the football. You know, they play what I call four corners football, like the old four corners in basketball. Don't shoot and just let the clock run out. They control the clock, but they play great defense. And one thing in the NFL, and again, like I said, these coaches with all these, you know, uh, scientific game plans and living in their offices, you know, eight days a week, Nothing gets by the NFL if you can rush the quarterback. And that's one thing Washington can do and do effectively. And as the, 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 the trees start losing their leaves and it gets colder, defenses become more and more prevalent. You can run the ball. Your quarterback doesn't give it up. You can win some games. That's the formula the Patriots are using. I think the um, Washington football team is taking a page out that book. So right now they're the 7th seed. They still got some more work to do. But San Francisco and Washington – are very dangerous, especially the 49ers. The 49ers can get to the Super Bowl. What was
1: crazy, right? Both those teams are on a three-game winning streak, and yeah. they're getting hot at the, at right, the time. right time. And yeah. teams that do this, we've always seen somehow get their way. Super Bowl, you're like, how'd they get here? But they always get hot at the right time. I want to bring up a team that you didn't mention, because mm. this team did enough trades, did all the hoopla, and they're 7-4, the Rams. What's your thoughts on this Rams squad?
2: Well, you know what? The Rams play in Los Angeles, right? And and we know with all the LA teams you gotta have star power. It's it's a it's a push for that uh entertainment dollar. And while yes, they have, you know, Odell and you know, uh, they brought in Von Miller and, and the whole bit, it just seems like it's fantasy football to me. Um I listen, I play football, I know a lot of times we were in basketball rooms. Mm-hmm. I played football and the one thing about football, football is the ultimate team sport. Okay. You do need talent to win in football, no question about it. But there's a bigger to me, bigger than talent is chemistry. You can have great pieces, but if the if the pieces don't fit, then it's not gonna work. You know, Matthew Stafford, when you got an Odell, you gotta you gotta you gotta feed Odell. Odell's a pit bull, and when pit bulls don't eat, they start to bite. So you gotta feed that guy. And again, you're trying now to drive that in, try that in place. Um, Von Miller, it's a reason why um Denver got rid of him. It wasn't that he was completely and you a Denver fan, so you, yep, you know I what know. I'm talking mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. so it wasn't that he was like the 2015 Vaughn Miller, so nope. you know, um, but the Rams have star power, they've gone, they pushed their chips to the middle of the table and gone all in. Um, I think they've given too much for they they've given up draft picks and so I just don't see it happening. I, I mean, they're a dangerous team, don't get me wrong. I mean, at the five seed right now, they can easily, you know, play Dallas, beat Dallas, and then, you know, um go on a run. But I, I'm just I don't see them I don't see them if they don't go to the Super Bowl, it was off or not. I don't see them going to Super Bowl at this point in time in the season. We if we had this conversation in a few weeks, maybe I do not see them going to Super Bowl. So when you make those type of trades, you're trying to win Lombardi, and I don't yep. know they're getting it.
1: Mm, I like the hot take, hot take. Well, y'all, you heard it from Kevin, yo. Fahim, any thoughts on what Kevin uh, said? Are, everything are you signing s- off? Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> everything you said, I checked. Like, uh, I, I backed. Everything he says, I can co-sign that. Except the one thing was um, Belichick. And I'm not saying that you're wrong, mm-hmm. but I maybe maybe have a question with that. Uh, remember last year, um, Brady... He broke out without Belichick, and people kind of dashed Belichick to the wayside and said, oh, look, Tom Brady can do it without Belichick. Mm -hmm. Um, Now Belichick's back this year and doing it without Brady. I guess my question is, is that conversation, is it a closed conversation since last year looked like people wrote off Belichick? Or is this year they ready to really reopen that conversation of if Belichick can get it done without Brady?
2: Well, you know, Fahim, we live in a microwave, right? So if, if if a coach has a – or a player has a bad game or a bad season or a bad few games, people want to throw him in the garbage. Oh, he's, he's you know, he's no good. This man here is, you know, create helped create Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady's a super talent. Took that – that whatever he felt, that energy and that inertia that they, they forgot about him in Michigan and he was a late-round draft pick. And he created himself into this great player. No question about it. But Bill Belichick is a genius. Going back to his days with the Giants. I mean, Bill Belichick created the Lawrence Taylor effect. Lawrence Taylor changed the game when now you had to pay left tackles millions of dollars because you couldn't block him with a running back. That was Bill Belichick. Fast forward to him at the Patriots. Again, you know, this guy here last year was COVID. A lot of opt-outs. Um While, yes, a great coach can motivate and and, and train and and, 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 and be strategized, uh, the players, um, you still need the horses on the field. So this Mm -hmm. year, they made some changes. They made some upgrades. Um, Their defense is solid. They took a risk by getting rid of Cam. They saw something. And, and again, that's not easy to do. Um, That takes a, a great, you know, innovative football mind. He brings in this kid from Alabama. He's obviously good friends with Nick Saban. He used to be on his staff at the Cleveland Browns many years ago. He brings in the kid they call it, um, Mac Jones, Mac and Cheese, because he's kind of doughy. <laughs> and again, while, yeah, he might be the check down king, they have a game plan in place, and that's all coaching. We're not going to give this kid too much to bite. We're going to spoon feed him, spoon feed him, spoon feed him. And every week he's gotten better. And I, yeah. I've been on record saying I, I'm not a big fan of Mac Jones because I thought he, all he did in Alabama was throw nine routes. I could do that too, <laughs> the, the track stars. But he has proven to be that, you know what, the right fit for the Patriots, the right mentality. And I think, again, um, they're a scary bunch. And I, I wouldn't have said that two and a half months ago. Um,
0: if, they, if they met in the playoffs, yeah, uh, Bucks and Patriots, are you going with?
2: Super Bowl, not go. Super Bowl. If they meet so, in the
0: playoffs. So my, my bad. If, yeah,
1: AFC and NFC. in the Super Bowl,
2: right? There you go. If they, um, even though they played this year, if they met in the Super Bowl, I'm going with Belichick. Whoa. Ooh. Because. Hot
1: take, hot take.
2: Because, again, Fortune. I mean, if you would have asked Kevin Pryor maybe 20 years ago, I might have said the player. But as I've gotten older, the game slows down for the great ones. And and Brady's a great one. But the mm-hmm. one thing about Brady you can do, you can pressure Brady. Brady's the blueprint on Tom is you put the pressure on him, you're going to have a problem. They got a kid named Judah and a couple other kids on the Patriots that can get to the quarterback. Tom is not light pressure. And at 45 years old, I wouldn't either. Mm-hmm. So, again, if you're going to ask me, even though they beat him earlier this year, if I got to play one game and I got – Two weeks to prepare like soup bowlers, and that these two teams meet. I'm taking the old man with the hood on.
1: Well, I like that take, y'all. I like it. Seal it, delivered. So, um, yeah, so for him, let's go to the next segment.
0: All right, so now, Jay, let's go to For the Culture.
1: For the Culture, we like to highlight individuals that are for the culture, and today we get to highlight Kevin Pryor. Now, Kevin, y'all. He's a talk show host, producer of 950 Lounge Show which is nationally syndicated on iHeartRadio, Rough Riders Radio, Rewind Network, you name it, all right? He's a partner with Backstage Radio Network, as well as a co-founder of Nine Bridge Network that's doing some awesome things coming up and the Bottom Line Sports Show coming in 2022. A public speaker and a proud New Yorker, please Let's give it up for Kevin Pryor. Woo! You,
2: you, yeah. you read your bio. You guys did your homework. Let's wow. say, like,
1: let's say. Did we, I do that? Yeah, that is. Yeah, you did all me. of that. You did all of that. Okay. <laughs> That's why we're highlighting you. So, Kevin, I find so interesting that you know you came into this creative space, right? Yeah. A speaker, and this entire um, ability to share. And really compel people when you speak like when you talk i'm like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm oh, like wow. i'm listening it's a gift it. it's a god-given gift so i'm happy so, so how did you know that that was your i guess skill set did someone tell you they you just kind of <sighs> grow up as a kid and say you know what i'm a good talker like how'd you get into the space
2: well you know what that, that's a great question janelle i think <laughs> um growing up there was there was two things i i wanted to be i wanted to play football and if i couldn't play football um i wanted to broadcast um, and well before social media and stuff, I used to take a tape recorder and put the games on mute on my TV and, and actually record the games. Um, as I got older and went into high school and college, I started writing columns and, um, uh, I wrote a, a big column here in New York, um, for minor professional sports called Cosell's Corner. It was kind of uh, off on Howard Cosell. And I, I would kind of use, before you can be, you know, found by cookies and stuff on social media, I would just do little comments and stuff. Not always flattering, but entertaining nevertheless and, and, and thoughtful. Um, and, you know, nobody knew who it was. I just liked right under the alias pen. And I did that for a while. And um, worked in media as well on the advertising side, mostly on the marketing side with commercials and advertising and about six and a half years ago, my brother came to me. My brother's a stand-up comedian. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm the person in my family, I'm, even though I'm the youngest, everybody comes to me for help. So um, he comes to me and says, hey, I'm trying to, to, to build my persona for stage. And I'm like, unbeknownst to me. I didn't want no parts of it. But I'm like, why don't you do a show? <laughs> I didn't want to be involved. But like, you do that. So he's like, I need some help. So I try to help him out and, you know, find co-hosts. But black comics can be very annoying um, <laughs> including, especially if they're my brother, so he could never find <laughs> nobody to fit. So I kept, I worked with him on some things and started doing some shows and to make a long story short, one day we came to the thought process. I'm like, wow, I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm having a good time. And I said, you know what, for us to take this to the next level, I got to take this thing over. He said, I've been waiting for you to say that. So I started then bringing in a couple other friends of mine. Um, one that works in the New York city hospital system, but he runs the IT division so I said, because I'm not good at the techie stuff. I got to bring somebody to run that. So then it was us three. Then I brought another friend of mine who was kind of like the, the Mr. Playboy. You know, he's love, love to run the clubs in New York. I had to bring him <laughs> in. Then we brought another female in. and then we brought this, this uh, you know, collection of people that we all had chemistry. We're all friends. You know, people I knew, um, family or were like family. And we did this show called 950 Lounge. And um, we just had fun with it. You know, we were trying to get bigger guests. And in 2018, we had this unknown politician. And even you guys would know who this person is in Canada, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ooh. AOC for short. Mm-hmm. And she came on our show. You know, she was running for office, very unknown politician. And she had a camera with her, had a camera crew. I'm like, what's this? I'm like, well, hey, by all means, you know, we're in media. The more cameras, the better. <laughs> Yeah. eight months later we do a great interview with her eight months later um somebody calls me um and says yo i see you on netflix i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> um so it was a joke and yeah. i went on my netflix and then the producers called me and said, so oh, you forgot to reach out to you we use your interview and they use us over like the interviews like um charlamagne the guard the breakfast club and other wow. bigger you know new york personalities they used us Now that really kind of took us off into a whole nother stratosphere. We had just got iHeart before that, but that actually helped our viewership. And I even, not even, we're not a political show by any stretch of the imagination, but we were able to start to acquire politicians who wanted to come on the show just because they wanted to be normal. Okay, you go go on 950 (laughs) to say, hey, you know what, I'm a human being like you. I like rap music or, you know, I'm a sports fan. And it, it, it really worked. And so we've had everyone from AOC to Heather Hunter, to Michael Bivens, you know, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And, and as you know, now we're at a, at, a, uh, at a level where we come on every morning um, throughout the, the, the States and then also in Canada. Um, we're getting ready to launch a new streaming TV network. That's um, obviously the, the people I'm with today. I'm happy to say we'll eventually be a part of that. And, you know, obviously continue to grow the brand bigger than just 950, but bringing that audience, that 27 to 54 professional um audience that's while yes we we want we we have a lot of ratchet out here and we all have that i guess a little bit but you know how much can you digest you can't just eat cake with just frosting on it. it's got to be some cake or you're going to get sick and get cavities and lose your teeth and i think as mm-hmm. society we're going toothless so i think what we're looking to do with our content is like yeah we're going to have some fun we're going to also add some intelligence some conversation um things that you can The whole family can watch different programming and really have something to say, you know what, yeah, you know, I still, I'm a certain age, but I still enjoy watching some media once in a while that's not all the same or, you know, we're not giving the culture a black Mm -hmm. eye by doing things that necessarily doesn't represent everybody around the world.
1: Well, that's interesting because, you know, you talked about... Your brother kind of encouraging you to jump you know to take the leap Mm -hmm. what were there were there ever any doubts were there any fear did you ever be like kevin like 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 the time I i have a job like can i even handle this like what was that like and how did you overcome those doubts or fears
2: in the beginning it was more about if what if i say something on saturday would it come back to bite me in the tail on monday Mm-hmm. So I really wouldn't promote the show. We had some other people in the early days that necessarily wasn't so, um, they were good dudes, but they just, <laughs> they, they they would speak off the cuff, put it that way. So again, you know, you, you are the company you keep. So that was a problem. And, and then certain days, you know, I'd be. it was certain days I'm like, well, you know, this, this ain't going nowhere. Why am I wasting my time? Before 9.50, I was coaching youth football, and, and, and that I had a lot of uh, appreciation and joy with that. So I I couldn't do that much. So I was kind of like in an in-between stage, like, what should I do here? Um, But, I, you know, again, because I was hanging out with my brother, um, the show actually, we were close, but it brought us closer. Then, you know, Mm -hmm. um, uh, backstage, Ed, one of the guys on the show, he's somebody I've known all my life. We worked together as as kids in Sears Sears and Roebuck many years ago. He was on the show. Then the other um, co-host, Just the Classic Man, he's like a little brother. So... Because we were just doing a show and having fun, we would have been hanging out anyway. So we were just (laughs) talking on a microphone. So once, you know, I started to say, you know what's true, what people think on a weekday. I'm just going to go ahead and do this thing. I started reaching back into the bag of marketing and people I knew and, you know, kind of being more aggressive, being more innovative because I realized that, you know what, I think we have something here. And sometimes it's very hard to be objective with yourself. You know, and I, I take pride to be able to look in the mirror and say, no, something's not right. This doesn't look good. Let me fix it. And um, I'm my own worst critic. I, I still, have, we still haven't done the best show because I'm there's always room to get better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a, a healthy thought process, but this is just who I am. So it, to answer your question in, in a very long-winded sent- state- sentence is that, yeah, you have your moments, but, you know, that's the time you have to really just, you know, dig a little deeper and realize what you're doing before anything else it's just you enjoying it and once you enjoy something you can profit from it And once you profit from it you can then start to you know, invest and then change the game
1: no that's uh, that's amazing because everything you said no it wasn't a with winded uh response <laughs> but it's important I, I think no but that's okay we love that because i think sometimes people need to uh dig a bit deeper right when you're in a moment or you're that that like okay do i take this leap of 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 a new stage or do I stay with what I know and I feel like everyone we've had in the show who has changed trajectory of their career is because that moment of leap of faith like I know I can do it but I don't know if people are going to judge me like that's true even for us like when I started yeah. podcasting I'm like yo I'm a woman talking sports sometimes I forget names I forget dates like my memory right. sucks but I know what I'm talking about but you doubt that people won't like you you doubt that and that's human and I feel yeah. like if we talk about that Someone else will be like, you know what? I had those same doubts, so maybe I can do it. I think it's important for us to talk about how we got there, and not only that we got there. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think both is important for that lesson, that makes And sense. you
2: got to embrace the journey. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I tell people all the time, and, and some folks embrace it, and some folks hate it. But you don't do this to get rich, right? Like, I know people who they'll say, yo, Kev, I want to do a show. And like, okay, great. Let's just do the show. And they do it for like maybe two months. And they think after like uh, two episodes, they're going to be Stephen A and, and Max <laughs> Element, And that's not the case. It doesn't happen that way. Um, it's a process. And again, with all the media out here, when you think about, you know, terrestrial and podcasting and all the apps, and they're, they're, people are constantly talking all over the place. People are putting things out all over the place. What makes you different? What makes you unique? you got to ask yourself that question. So at the end of the day, all you can be is yourself. All Fahim and Janelle can be is who they are because there's only one original of you guys. So if you, if you, if you like it, somebody else will. You know, like I tell people all the time, you, you can't be a, a 45-year-old man talking to 18-year-old kids. Now, again, the 18-year-old can listen, but you're not their audience. So if you're talking like, you know, talking like they're talking and wearing your clothes like they're wearing and trying to reinvent yourself to something you're not, you're going to have lack of credibility because, again, so they're not going to respect it. Remember when we were 18? We we want to rock with somebody 45? No. So <laughs> why would they want to do that? So you have to know your audience. And knowing your audience, first and foremost, is knowing yourself. If you yes. know who you are and you're talking to yourself like you do in the mirror, well, you know what? If it sounds good to you, chances are it might sound good to somebody else. And again, if it's put it out to enough people, it, it'll start to snowball. Well, I love so that's, that.
0: That's a jewel right there um, that you just dropped. Um, so we, uh, Nellie J and I, we can totally relate uh, to when you're speaking about the best team in radio in which you, you guys are. Yeah. Um, we can relate to just when you're saying about you having something that's organic. Like yeah. there's nothing forced. Everyone was placed in naturally. Um, yeah. We can relate because, uh, you know, our chemistry and what we have with, with our podcast it is organic. It's not something that we just, we plan or whatever. It's just something that we just do and something that right. we are, right? Yeah. Um, you did mention earlier when you're saying about football, you felt football was the most, uh, in regards to a team, uh, yeah. what you're saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so you played football, uh, professional football, uh, in the CFL for the Toronto Argo.
2: Coffee in Toronto, yeah. You know, Toronto that's right. I maybe, maybe <laughs> even some cappuccino, very little cup. Oh. Um, right. <laughs> and, and then, you know, obviously that didn't work out. And um, uh, I had an opportunity to go play a uh, team USA in Germany, um, club football, but I didn't make the track. I didn't do it because I'm like, you know what, I needed a day job and, you know, and had two knee surgeries by that time. I'm like, you know what, maybe uh-huh. it's just time. To, this is not happening. I, I had a, uh, a chance to try for the original XFL. Um, and, you know, but I don't know why. I, I, just because I had nothing else to do. So let me just do it. Um, a former football coach of mine was like, you know what, you speak well, you got a good smile. And he helped me get in some commercials. I did a couple commercials with Shannon Sharp and Jason Seahorn years what? ago. It was a Charles Schwab commercial. probably somewhere on YouTube. Google
1: it. Google it. Everybody, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> I got a
2: small role, and you know, I, I remember wiping my head on purpose so people I could say, that's me, that's me. And, do that, <laughs> and through that commercial, there was a guy who produced that commercial that actually, um, at the time, was uh, one of the production guys on Oz. So I read for Oz, um, and it, um, I knew acting wasn't for me because they wanted me to do a, a compromising scene, and I was like, no, I, I, I can't do this. When <laughs> it was ours. So, like, well, listen, you ain't the star, so you got to right. go. And you got to go violently. So I didn't do that. I read for law and order. So I had some, you know, after the football thing, I had some things to kind of fill the hole. And like I mentioned earlier, then I got into coaching youth football, um, mm-hmm. which was very rewarding. I had a couple of kids that, that played college ball, one that played for Maryland, and then got drafted. He was a, he actually was a free agent with the Giants and then went to Washington and Indianapolis. And another kid that played at South Carolina State, so, you know, you, you know, and it wasn't about, you know, those kids playing, going to that level. It was about helping them stay off the street, um, staying positive and having a positive role model. I mean, I still get calls now from some of them kids I coach. They have their own kids and they call and wish me happy Father's Day or, you know, coach, if it wasn't for you. I remember there was times I would just take my own money and, t- and take a couple of kids shopping for food. Um, I remember one kid coming again, like, why are you always sluggish, man? He's like, uh, coach, I'm, I haven't eaten. And that, that was just a real thing. So, you know, those type of things. So really getting into the the media thing with 950, I really, it wasn't, you know, in the beginning it was my help of my brother, but it really wasn't a thing I wanted to do. Um, I worked there, I was working in media. So it was like, you know, I don't want to do radio. And at that time you started to see the transition from terrestrial radio to more streaming and podcasting. And you started to see the evolution. It wasn't there like it is now, but you started to see the tea leaves. So I'm like, I don't want to do this. But then after I started, you know, doing it and obviously recapturing my youth when I had that tape recorder um it became fun and then like I said with the, the people you work with it's organic like similar to how you guys rock together it's deeper than just the talk show you guys have a connection and and that's what the show you know has been about and I take pride when people come and say wow this is really this is really cool it's organic it's, it's you made me feel comfortable and when more, when everybody's saying that then it's not just me um, and again, if, it, if we had to change some things, we would. We, we've changed the show a couple of times. We've had to make mm-hmm. some switches. And that's just being smart business people. But nevertheless, you got to enjoy what you do. And I, I love what I do. I look forward to our recordings every Saturday. Oh, so
0: as, it, as they say, like, as one door closes, another one opens. Yeah. Uh, and everything does happen for a reason. So um, with your football, there's nothing to look back at and, and regret anything because that is not, nothing more than laid a foundation Right. Uh, for you in business and maybe that's my question now mm-hmm. um on the way out of the for culture culture segment is um you being uh having football is is your base and transitioning into business um is there anything that you could speak in football that you've taken into your leadership role in regards to business
2: that's a great question for him and I, and I think again it's, it's, the, it's the team aspect um most of the times in life you know uh we're we're riding our own ships, right? We drive our own mm-hmm. cars, you know. Like, okay, you you got to get yourself up. You got to do different things. But when it comes to business, you you don't know everything. You you think you do. There's a lot of people who try to don't you know one arm bandit stuff. But smart people get with people that can help them. Like I mentioned about bringing in my uh, my one of my friends, Ed, backstage Ed. I didn't know how to run cameras or edit. Yeah, I can do the marketing and and bringing the guests and stuff, but. You know, that's just great conversation in a barbershop without a camera. It, it, nobody's gonna see it. So I had to get Ed and then I had to help him make this this thing that me and my brother started to make him empowered to feel, you know what, well, this is this is me too. I think it's also important when you have a team concept that you make everybody like, yo, this is your house too. So, you know, if, mm-hmm. if we're gonna live here together, you know, you, you open the fridge, you you know, you, you do how you wanna roll. It's just you know, put your feet up on the coffee table, you're home too. And I think that's what we've done. We're like I'm sure if I don't bring a suggestion to him or just the classic man or Steph Pearl mentioning all the characters, um, yeah, they could have lived and done other things and not cared about it. But when you bring some of the people that you rock with and they go, look, this is what I'm doing. I love to have you a part of it. Um, and obviously I look at it as respect and, 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 and respect with me and to say, Hey, you know what, if Kevin's doing it, let's, let's join him because, you know, even with, when I coach football, I brought Ed in. When I played some mm-hmm. football, I brought Ed in. So it's like we've always had this situation um, where, you know, whether we did, like, yo, why don't you do this? I'm doing that. And this was no different. And now it's become part of their brand. And, and we shared this 950 journey together and this 9bridge journey together. And it's it's a fun experience. And like I said, it, it's – I wouldn't change anything to answer your question, Fahim. You were right. You know, um, this journey that we, we ride um, – it, it, nothing's by by chance. Even how I met you guys, and everything mm-hmm. has a has a cap to it. And you know, sometimes we don't see it right away, but if you stick around long enough, the the picture gets clearer.
1: Love it, love mm-hmm. it. Well, y'all, we're gonna have all of Kevin's information to show the links. I mean it all, so you can continue to follow him, follow his journey. Shout out to your brother. I hope he does get. <laughs> He breaks big and comedy segment. Oh, I think Lord, what's too, funny? Is, oh. <laughs> yeah, and also like I think I'm kind of funny too. So hopefully we can do a little tip for tat. We'll see. <laughs> we joking. can definitely
2: do that. You know,
1: <laughs> listen.
2: Though. I we, think we, I'm I funny. Call, I, I think I'm funny North anyway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but no, thank you so much, Kevin. Yo, Been oh, awesome. Good, good, good. So that's why you're for the culture. So,
2: no Fahim,
1: let's go to our last segment.
0: All right. So let's go to that's absurd.
1: That's absurd, Faheem, bro. Well. What was absurd this week. What was absurd?
0: Ah. N B. Sorry, WNBA star Elizabeth Cambage. Mm-hmm. She just announced that she's opening a OnlyFans.
1: Oh, hold up! Only- <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. She's opening up an OnlyFans like account. Yes. <sighs> I'm okay. First of all, is it really absurd? Because Uh a lot of rappers, like Cardi B has one, Uh B. Simone, I think, like Uh a lot of these, like a lot of artists have a OnlyFans page. Um, Uh So I feel like seeing a woman athlete having one, I'm like, like, that's probably the next level because for these women, they don't really get paid the best. So if they can make double their salary with these super fans who like are obsessed with them, Why not milk the cow? That's just me, though. I mean, Mm -hmm. I ain't not going to hustle. I think it's pretty smart, (laughs) to be honest. Your thoughts, Kevin? (laughs) Oh,
2: I don't want to get in trouble here. Um, (laughs) No,
1: it's okay. It's your thoughts.
2: This this podcast goes a lot of places. But, no, listen, I I agree (laughs) with you on the money aspect. I ain't knocking anybody's hustle. But there is, to me, in just my opinion, an integrity to being a pro athlete. I think, again, while you can entertain us, they don't have unions. They're they're in different spaces. Mm -hmm. You know, athletics Mm -hmm. is a little bit different. I mean, again, I think she has also a a deal. I believe she's with Nike, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So she has a sneaker deal. How does that play with, with, you know, some of those sponsors? Um, Number two, um, again, the women's movement. You know, like I was talking to a colleague of mine today that that does women's football. And I made the mistake of saying, you know, what the, uh, the lingerie league, and she nearly bit my head off. So I'm like, you know, I, I just didn't know. I, I you know there's women football, but I didn't know what league you were talking about. So mm-hmm. when I go back to here with, with the WNBA athlete, and now you're saying, okay, I'm doing OnlyFans, even though she is a very beautiful woman, wh- how will women feel about that? You know, I mean, it, it, so it, it's a lot of things while, yeah, you know, I ain't knocking nobody's house, but all money's not good money. I
1: agree. I mean, OnlyFans, it's crazy, because OnlyFans, I think, is trying to get away uh, recently from its, like, Pornhub status, you know? Yeah, um, right. they They've actually, I think stopped or banned certain sexual... Because I think OnlyFans I think do want to become... They
2: reverted, though. They, they be reverted, reverted because right. they they right. were going to lose so much money. So oh, they, reverted, they did. Go, so. oh, okay. Uh, the sorry. out the bottle. They can't... They, nothing they can do about it. And yeah, at deal, this point.
1: So. And also, like, you know, during the pandemic, it did help a lot of people that are in the <laughs> adult field. You uh-huh. got money were
2: just not by themselves uh-huh. too. I'm sure I got help as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. But it's one thing right with the OnlyFans. People OnlyFans pages aren't just like sexual. I think that's right. what it got popular for. But yeah. a lot of times it's like uh, like like one girl, I don't know her, but I heard of a girl who has made a lot of money from just having, having her feet pictures of her feet.
0: Right. Right. She mm-hmm. posts
1: her toes. Every or once a day, and men pay money or women pay money to see her feet. So not every OnlyFans page is sexual, but that's reputation. So I can see why you said with the sponsors for that. I can I can see sponsors obviously being involved in it, but I'm assuming she probably checked with them first, saying hey. It's probably used, and, and from what I'm seeing, well, I'm seeing it yet, but from what I'm seeing from the pictures, it's mostly just her posing around basketballs and just more like not like her being naked. It's more like you know, just like
2: more artistic, artistic.
1: Yeah. To me, right? Yeah. If you're listen, I see enough girls post enough things on Instagram for free. I'm getting paid mm-hmm. no money. But so did she had to is- go
2: to OnlyFans for that. She could have did that. She could. She. She has enough of a, of a brand. She could create her own site. All I'm saying is, again, that's you're true. right. That's you're true. That's true. You're right. Now with the situation of uh, you know, you know, people use OnlyFans and it wasn't created for that. But again, yeah, I'm in advertising correlation. First thing you hear OnlyFans, what you think? It's true.
0: Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> that know, ass, that ass.
2: <laughs> and I know a lot that of young ladies who do it. And I do not knock the hustle, make yeah. your money, you know. But again, mm-hmm. like I said, you, I don't. I look at athletes a little different. Maybe mm-hmm. that's just me because I'm yeah. somebody played. I'm a certain age, but mm-hmm. I I just don't think you know. And again, I'm a man, so I can't say what, how women would feel. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'll I will probably buy it.
1: To be honest, like I'm so like I'm probably the least uh judgmental person. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't like even the lingerie league. Like, even that league. Um, you know, those those women make more money than other athletes so i can see why but at the end of the day it's a product and things have to sell things have yeah. to make money right so right. i get that aspect as well i think sometimes with women we like to judge other women's decisions and choices and what they look like i ain't got time for that you know what i'm saying yeah, so no at the end of the day like for the women's movement i think it's empowerment because guess what there are men making money off of women's lingerie anyway so why not make money for yourself in lingerie that's I what agree. i think about it it's like you're now taking the sexual side of you and making money for yourself You're empowering yourself, right? Yeah, I I agree. You know what I mean? So let's let's say like like, there's two sides of the coin, but my question is, do you think this will cause a trend? Are we gonna see other WNBA athletes follow suit or other female athletes follow suit?
2: Oh yeah. I I I think so. Again, if you know, I mean we if she got clearance from You know, she's a union athlete. You know, you think about these pro athletes, they are union union employees. Mm -hmm. If if all of systems are clear, and we already mentioned, you already mentioned, we know they don't make a lot of money yet. I can't see why they would not, um, you know, uh, use this portal if they can make some profit. And obviously, they can even bring in sponsors into that and they can promote different brands. I mean, so this could be a a huge trend. So, yeah, with a smoke, this fire, I'm sure she won't be the last.
0: You both bring up some amazing points i agree with both of you as you're speaking i'm like i agree i agree agree. everything checks off um just the kevin you really spoke about it the the optics of what it is right. uh, when i heard about it and i think only fans it's like just one thing comes to mind when i think of that todd kind of the extreme right. and um i think so her being a professional athlete the wmba also right now is trying to gain credibility is the league, right? Right. And we all know that the WNBA players, uh, they're not earning enough money to just be WNBA players. They have to go overseas and play. They have to find some kind of way to supplement that income. Right. Right. Um, so, um, when I started with that's absurd, I feel like it was obviously a great topic for us to talk about. Let's do Mm -hmm. it. But, um, you're right. Maybe it's not so absurd if people have to, for instance, go and do other things with the league. Um, we can't knock her hustle of how she decides she wants to get her money, her business. Right. right? Yeah. Um, not to get in her pocket, but uh, I just Googled um, her, what she makes. So Me apparently too. she's not, you <laughs> did. <too>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like so, so it's, it's, it's a decent amount, you know, it's yeah. a, a few hundred thousand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think
1: 221,000.
0: Yeah. So to um, I guess my question on the way out of this is um, I'll start with, I think she can exceed if she continues on with this. I'm hearing some astronomical numbers of people on OnlyFans. Yeah, I have a feeling she might be able to exceed her contract with just OnlyFans. What do you guys? Oh, think?
2: without questions.
1: Absolutely. No question, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I, and I guess what, like, I, <laughs> <laughs> and the WNB has an issue with it. Give me the money. You know what I'm saying. You got a problem. Pay her more. If we we'll get, if right. I pay her more, hush on amount, right? right? Um. I, I went to her page. I, I I mean, it says subscribe for free. I don't want to put my Google in that in that realm. <laughs> um, it's just for me. So sorry, But mm-hmm. I do see like her captions. I think she's wearing like a Fenty. Um, I'm putting promoting her page, but she wearing, like a Fenty mm-hmm. Savage, like you know the Rihanna. Had yeah. their savage set, so she's right. wearing some lingerie and a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Harris can kiss my behind because people were hating on her for starting her, her page. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the party, XX. So mm. it seems like you know she's really embracing her power. And yeah. listen, why not make money off of your likeness? Um, you're right. And who knows, Kevin, she might start her own. Like, I know B Simone had only fans, but all she but she moved to her own. Like, I think her, her friends list where right. people pay money now to be her VIP friend, right? All that can be explored, but. I, honestly, for me, Liz is single. She ain't got no one to answer to. So, girl, go on. And I think uh Drake was saying that if we get a WNBA team, he'd want to sign yeah,
2: Liz. Because, yeah. Yeah, again, Drake gets the, the marketing aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And, again, this woman here, she's she's Australian. So, she's mm-hmm. already a, a global-type yes. athlete. So, and 6'8". This is, this is, she's a she's female. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, right.
1: yeah. Girl, go on mm-hmm. the thing. If I was, like, listen. If I was younger, y'all, I, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> when I was in university and I was broke, I'm telling you <laughs> that might have been, a, that might have been an option. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. Hey, brothers. I, hey, y'all could have seen your sister Pond only fans. only because <laughs> they're making so much money. I'll, I'll leave it out. I'll leave it right there. I'll leave it right there. Yeah. I'll leave it right there. <laughs>
0: All right. Let's put this Ooh. episode in the books.
1: Ooh, y'all, that was episode 68.
0: 68.
1: Yeah. So, Kevin, thank yes. you so much for being on the podcast. Oh,
2: thank you, guys. It's been fun.
1: <laughs> so we love to give our guests a chance to do a shout-out. So mm-hmm. the floor is yours.
2: Well, what I will say, um, this LeBron James, the radio game, you smoke electrifying man in media day, and you catch the best team in radio, non lounge every weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, multiple platforms, go to our website, www.9feelouns.com, and check me out on Instagram at 950kev.
1: Awesome. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, My shout-out is pretty simple. It's to Kevin Pryor, period. Done. Thank you. I'm saying, like, Kevin. Thank you. Shout out to your show, 950 Lounge. Uh, y'all better check it out. Very good show. Very entertaining. So we look forward to doing more with you, more with the family. Um, and uh, yes. yeah,
2: We we I did mention it, but a little bit, but a lot to explore with you guys in 2022. And yes, I can't be more static and happy. It's 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 always. I mean, what we do, what I do for my own show, is is gratifying. But what I can help help other brands and bring them into the fold and really all grow together that that to me is more even more rewarding because Uh, it's bigger than just me
1: absolutely and that's like yeah it's bigger than us us too right so we're so happy my other shout out is to uh the good rookies sponsoring guys again for the second year in a row we're sponsoring an amazing initiative the holiday gift drive where we actually are asking everyone to donate um from like essential items so i mean like um gloves hats deodorant everything and we hand out these amazing gifts to the homeless shelters downtown Toronto women there's children there and there's men so we've put all the information on our website on on our Instagram page and socials please check it out support we'll also have the link as well so you can click on the Amazon link It'll be shipped right to Vanessa, who is the leader of the drive. And that way, it will ship to her house and we'll open to get a package. But we're sponsoring it, Fahim. So I'm happy to really give back to the community that we all kind of love in Toronto and be a part of a great initiative for the holidays. So y'all, yeah. check out the holiday gift drive. So I'm going to pass the mic to Fahim.
0: <laughs> nice. So My shout-out is quick. Um, Kevin, pleasure having you here. Pleasure meeting you, you. And, uh, yes. you know, uh, it's great to actually, you know, kind of pick your brain a bit about you know mm-hmm. your past, and um, you know a lot of things in store for the future. So we're excited for that.
2: Appreciate you. Thank you. All right,
0: and I guess we'll keep it at, at that. So Nelly J, let's put this episode in the books.
1: That was episode sixty-eight. If you had a good time, if you enjoyed yourself, please click on that like, subscribe, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Fahim,
0: for don't forget <laughs> to check out Nine Fifty Lounge, the best team in radio. Ooh
2: that's right i agree i I concur
0: (laughs) 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 all right and good rookies run all platforms so if you're looking for us if you need us we're there for you Uh, that's good rookies podcast episode 68 and we out
1: peace Peace. yay